Hello and welcome to Storal Stories, LCF's object-based podcast in which I, Susanna Cordner, invite in a guest who works in or with fashion and ask them to bring in an item from their work or from their wardrobe. That object then forms the basis of a part of our conversation. We're doing a bit of a spin on the usual format today, as this episode is a part of our celebration for the LCF class of 2020. As a result, I'm joined by one of our students who has kindly selected an object or aspect of their final major project for us to discuss. So I'm therefore very happy to welcome Julia Sasaki Hanan. So thank you for joining us and congratulations. Thank you for having me. So normally with my guests, I start with asking them to kind of introduce their, their role, their profession. I think with mm-hmm. you, perhaps we could start with what your practice is uh, and what course you've studied at LCF, please. Okay, so I did IISF, which is Introduction to the Study of Fashion um, at LCF. It's a level three. And then from there, I went on to BA Costume for Performance. And I did three years and I graduated about two, three weeks ago. So I'm a freshly new graduate. It's been exciting. It's been a journey um, with the coronavirus and everything. I have to say it's been, you know, it's been a sp- been over time. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So you've lived your studies um, and also your experience of London, perhaps through many different prisms in that time. It's been an incredibly peculiar time to graduate, but it's such an achievement. We'll probably talk more about the current context and how that's influenced your work shortly. But perhaps first, you spoke about those two aspects of your education at LCF. What was involved? What were the practices that you covered in those courses? For costume for performance is mainly on theatrical costumes, so it's very historical based and we had to learn the basics, corsets, um, bodices, bustles, everything. So we did first year, I think we did women's wear and second year we did men's wear. So we've learned all the basics of how to build garment constructions, pattern cutting, designing, um, reading briefs and analysing them in our own ways. And we also did collaborations across the performance sector. So that was a great achievement and a goal, I have to say. And um, from IISF, which is Introducting to the Study of Fashion, that was very intense, I have to say, in another way, because I went into uni not knowing how to do anything. So they taught us how to design, how to make garments in a way, um, collaging. The best thing that I learned from IISF was definitely how to use the Adobe softwares. Mm. So that's that was my real introduction to how to use all these softwares that now I use every single day of my life. So it's kind of building from the ground up mm-hmm. of all these different aspects involved in your process from design through to production, mm-hmm. which I imagine is completely integral to costume work. I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of envy your course in another life. I'd love <laughs> to be a costume designer. I think it sounds incredible. It's never um, too late to join in. <laughs> <laughs> true. Maybe I'll follow in your footsteps. So... I was interested in that aspect that you went from the introduction to fashion design, and which sounds like a kind of brilliant and all-encompassing place to start, and then you specialised effectively in costume design. When did you know that that was what you wanted to do? I didn't. I was one of these mm. people that basically we have an interview at the end of IISF to go into one of your selected choices. So we basically got a course, a space ready for us to go into. And for me, I was going back and forth between fashion illustration because I've always done illustration. Mm. And that's how I got into IISF. So I thought about it, but I thought realistically, I didn't want to do three years of drawing. I know the course isn't just about drawing, but the main part of it was drawing. And as a designer, I wanted to learn how to make garments. So if I do have my own company, I understand that um, how I could communicate it, how it would work. I could do my own samples. So I'd cut cost effectively. 
So that's mm. how I selected costume for performance. So again, the important thing for you was to be able to have that full range of, of skill set mm -hmm. and the different applications it might do. I think it's really important to recognize that. And it sounds like you were quite canny because I think you can, if you have the creative vision, that's incredible and a rarity, but you have to be able to apply that in an industry uh, sense and setting and mm -hmm. also with the kind of business skills around. So I think it's amazing yeah. that you kind of identified that. So within that, you've spoken about that from a kind of practical and perhaps a career orientated front of, of, mm -hmm. of what that was going to give you and where, how that would set you up. What about the skills you learned? Was there a particular aspect that really appealed to you? Um, is there something that you didn't expect to learn about that you enjoyed discovering? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say, I've just learned everything that I could from that course. I remember the first day of university for um, Caution for Performance, and I remember the teacher asked me, who doesn't know how to sew? And I was the only one that put my hand up for that question. So you can see that everyone in that course knew what they were doing, and I had no clue how to even thread a machine. So it was quite embarrassing for me, but that kind of drove me forward to learn more and to be better, not better than everyone, but be better myself and to learn as much as I can absorb everything. So that was my goal. But I have to say, I've learned everything. I mean, we learned pattern cutting, designing, um, interpretation, even set design, which you wouldn't think a costume designer would do. Mm. But we've learned everything. We've even collaborated with 3D effects. Um, we've learned how to do bits and bobs of prosthetics which for me, it's the best thing ever because I like to dip and dab in everything and I like to learn as much as I can from every teacher and every course. So I think that was the best thing that happened to me, I have to say. It sounds like you really utilised all the opportunities and connections that the course could offer you to you build them. To, you have to be um, savvy. I mean, if you don't ask questions, they're not going to tell you. So for me, I used to stay after school asking one of the technicians, um, she's not there anymore, but Jack's Black, um, she used to teach me everything. She used to stay with me in the afternoons and teach me how to finish pockets whilst everyone already knew how to do that. So I was like, just teach me. But um, she was amazing, honestly. That's brilliant. And I think the idea of building personal connection within your work and, and being open to being taught and led and that being collaboration is perhaps key as well you mentioned there a, a kind of technical or professional relationship you built within your studies but you've also mentioned twice um the element of collaboration mm -hmm. and those external collaborations you got to do through the course can you tell me a little bit more about those and how you found that yep yeah, um so first year collaboration I have to say throughout all the collaborations that I did I have nothing bad to say about anyone I had I think I'm very biased, but I think I had the best teams. Um, <laughs> everyone was on time. Everyone had ideas. We all kind of weaved our ideas into something. So it wasn't like, oh, this person just selected everything and we have no opinion in this. I think we had a very good group, I have to say. And um, for second year, which is my favorite work, we did Time Machine. And first year we did Perfume, the story of a murderer, which is mm. on LCF. I think it's on the account. It was selected for LCF class of 2020. So I got great pictures from that. And honestly, it was amazing. As a team, I couldn't have asked for anything better. And it kind of shows you what you're kind of expecting in the industry and what you can get from it. So mm. I think that was honestly is one of my favorite times of years. <laughs> like yeah. to do a collaboration is my favorite. 
again, that bodes really well. And I think it's really important to highlight that working in a team is, is again, the, a reality of what the industry will be like, as well as your education. With both those examples there, you gave kind of perfume and, and time machine as titles are really evocative. And um, was narrative important in your work, whether it's individually or in those teams and collaborations, the idea of the story behind the work you're producing? Well, I mean, for perfume, it was quite important. But um, Time Machine, we had to put our own spin to it. So that was our topic. And for us, we changed the year. We even made a year called XZ24 instead of calling it a year. <laughs> so we flipped everything. And the Morlocks, if, you, if you've watched the Time Machine, I don't recommend watching two of them. They're quite intense. But it's we put a spin to everything which made our collaboration more interesting and getting more and more intrigued about your work as we as we talk so perhaps this would be a good chance to uh, introduce your object or the kind of project or piece that you'd like to talk about within this interview yeah so my object that I chose was from my final major project it's a faux leather corset but basically this corset is five meters of leather pleated so you could imagine how long this took and I was doing it at night time. So ah. my floor was just full of this faux leather, just stretching all the way to the back. And I was just pleating everything into one inch. Everything was one inch. So you could imagine how long this took. It probably took me about a week. And I have to say, I didn't sleep that week at all yeah. because I just wanted to get it done. But also the corset itself has the side bustles, which I... um I'd call it laser cutting, but I cut everything, lace patterns out of leather by hand. Wow. So that took ages as well. So everything I did, each part took so long. And then when it came all together, I was so happy with it, but it was just so time consuming. But also yeah. it's very satisfying when you get to that point at the end. I was going to say that culmination after all those hours of work. But do you, when you look at this object now, do you read it for those hours and that time and those different intricacies or can you see it as a, as a whole? I just see it as a whole, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's just weird because the teachers were like, you're not going to be able to do it. You don't have enough time to do it. And I was like, don't ever say that to me because I'll do it. <laughs> That's the worst thing you could ever say to me. So I'm very stubborn. And if someone says they can't, I can't do it, I'll finish it one week before they said I could. So <laughs> I think that always drives me. And I, I always want teachers to say you can't do it because then I'll be like, yes, I will. <laughs> Lover of a challenge. That's always. Um, and within both of those examples you get, uh, gave of the kind of process and procedure behind mm -hmm. producing it, those are things that are incredibly intricate and took a huge amount of time. So mm -hmm. I imagine you learned as you went. So did you feel your own process kind of evolving? Um, yeah. Stitch by stitch or cut by cut? I mean, everything that I planned went wrong, I have to say. Um, I've always been, any teacher that you ask from Costume for Performance will tell you that I have a terrible fabric choice mindset. It's just terrible. I go for the fabrics because they're beautiful but they're not very logical and um, they're a nightmare to sew on. But I always like challenging myself and experimenting with things. And I think that's what I learned from um, IISF because they always told us to experiment. If it goes wrong, it's fine. You could always change it. And um, I think that pushed me forward to try fabrics that most people wouldn't think about. I mean, laser cutting leather, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. You would have used a fabric that's easier and stiffer. So I had to use um, millinery wire on the outside of it mm. to keep it into place. But initially I was thinking, you know, you don't need anything. It'll stand up. It was just flimsy. It was 
it wasn't standing up. Um, I almost cried in class and I had to ask one of the technicians, Tamara. She was amazing. She was just like, no, just use millinery wire. You learned that last year. I was like, why didn't I think of that in the beginning? <laughs> but I think when you're so stressed at that point, especially with final major projects, you just, you, you get sucked up in this bad negative aura, I have to say. So you need someone from the outside that's just like, that's so simple. How did you not get that? <laughs> Again, that's that idea of relationships and collaboration mm-hmm. in practice, even when you're working independently. I think, it, yeah, I agree. I think pulling in other voices. I think as well, when you something is kind of um, specific and if you don't mind me saying sort of obsessive as, mm-hmm. as completing a task like that, you probably literally can't see it the way that the outside world's going mm-hmm. to. And it maybe needs fresh eyes to orientate you. Definitely. Um, with both of those things, you've, you know, I mean, you've said laser cutting, but really you, you cut by hand. And mm-hmm. also with the pleating, normally when I've heard about pleating, it's been set in a in a press or in a pleat, pleat oven and things. But yeah, did you sew, sew it or how, how did you set it? I sew all the yeah. channels. And you can imagine, first wow. I had to pin it, but when you pin the leather, it leaves holes. So I had to pin it exactly where I was sewing so it wouldn't make any holes and people couldn't see that I pinned them. So I had to be very careful with that. And also you can't iron leather because it just melts. So um, it was just a nightmare. And when the teachers were like, that's not a good idea, I was just like, no, I'm going to do it. And because I put my word there and I just put it out there, I had to do it. So I couldn't turn back and say, oh, I'm going to use felt or another fabric that would have looked the same. I thought, okay, just just go with it. Do you think that's a commitment you know, a commitment to your uh, design idea? Or do you think that's about, okay, I've set myself a challenge, I'm using this as an opportunity to kind of progress my practice, you know, because mm. some other people will, would have changed the fabric. I think it's really admirable that you didn't, but yeah, I'm <laughs> it intrigued. Could, it'd be considered a bit cuckoo as well. <laughs> um, I always shoot myself in the foot every collaboration and every term. But um, I think it's because if I put my idea out there and I've proposed something, I want to stand by it because I want to not prove people wrong necessarily, but um, I want to prove to myself that I can do it because I came into the uni not knowing anything. So for me, it was more about proving myself that I can do it. And when I look at my work, I'm so proud of it now. And I just see time and effort and precision, which is all about me and how well that's my identity so Mm. for me I'm very proud of it it's like looking at a baby exactly it's all paid off and it's and it's personal growth as well as as practice growth and things as well I'm curious as well whether I mean it sounds like this is integral to your process and to your education Mm. I've got that image of you on your bedroom floor this feat of engineering of mapping out the pleats by hand (laughs) and 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 the fear of the pins was that also perhaps partly in response to the fact that you were having to work from home within the current circumstances and completing this project I assume in part during lockdown or um was that is that how you work anyway do you like working from home I mean I love working from home because I know that I can start from early um early morning because I wake up at five anyway so for me uni opens at 10 well nine o'clock so for me, I'm just wasting them few hours in between. But when I'm at home, I can just get up, get a coffee, start working, and then I'll work until eight o'clock. And then I forget to have lunch, breakfast, you know, all that in between. I'm very focused and I almost, I forget to do everything entirely around myself. So you could imagine yeah. I was just sitting on the floor constantly, pleating five meters of faux leather and then sewing it all at one go. And the thing is you have to do 
bit by bit because you can't just pleat everything because if one's off, the rest of them are going to be off. And the thing is, my corset, they're all um, matching up in the center diagonally. So if one pleat was off, you could see everything. Mm. So everything was like precision based, a lot of effort, a lot of crying on the floor, calling my mum whilst doing work. Um, it was intense yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds it but therefore all the more all the more glorious that you exactly. completed it and to such a high standard I'm conscious that the course is, is a piece as a part of your final project mm-hmm. what role did it play what does it signify within your wider work it's I have to say it's the main character of everything so it plays the harmony and it brings all the elements that I did together so there was about two trousers one chiffon um, satin, no, it was chiffon shirt, which was an utter nightmare to make because of the fabric once again. I made my own trimmings, then I made, yeah, and I made shoulder pieces that were made out of millinery wire. So I did the same with the bustle, and that's what I made for my final major project. But the thing is, it suddenly got cancelled before two weeks before um, hand-in, and it went digital, so we never got the time to take a video, which that would have been great for our portfolio and um it was it, it was a really big shame i have to say yeah that must be incredibly difficult it's um, frustrating after all, yeah. after all that work definitely uh, yeah i really really feel for but also admire your generation your class for how much you've had to adapt but also yeah that you've you've had that goal in sight for four years mm-hmm. and, and and quite how it's been expressed or celebrated has had to had to change which is mm-hmm. incredibly difficult I hope that you have the peace and you get to keep it and you get to express it in the way that you want to in the future. And I hope I look, so. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that video and that, <laughs> that celebration of it. Um, yeah, I think it's really, really, really impressive. Next, perhaps we could talk a little bit about what comes next and maybe a little bit about what you'd advise for the next class. Um, mm-hmm. so I want to celebrate you, but I also want to use your wisdom to frame mm-hmm. the next generation as they come in. So perhaps, first of all, you spoke within this about that interest in perhaps having your own business or the Mm -hmm. fact that you wanted this oversight is that the hope is that the aim what's coming next for you that's that's my dream I want my own business where I can have final decisions I can design I want to have students I of course paid because I know what it's like going to internships and not getting paid and you're frustrated because you need money to live so at least a minimum wage and of course, I want my mother to work alongside me because, of course, because of the generation gap, she can help me as much as I can help her. And um, when you get to a certain age, there's things that you can't do or you don't want to show. Um, so her knowledge is very valuable for me. And it's something that I don't know because I haven't got to that stage of my life yet. So that's future plans. But for now, I'm just applying to a lot of fashion jobs. I did styling in the past, so I'm kind of dipped dipping and dabbing into what I can get at the moment but seen as the current um, situation with the coronavirus it's been really difficult to find a job especially I don't think they're looking for graduates because they have to invest time to teach us how to do things they want someone that has four or five years of knowledge and just to go there and bam the first day they know what to do so I think Mm. at the moment for graduates it's it's going to be a tough ride but um we can hang in there and we'll be fine. Absolutely. And that's a call out to the industry, I think, that they 
I can understand everyone's operating in very different ways. We Mm -hmm. have to invest in the next future in order to have that uh, kind of strong base of employment and ideas to come. I in no way underestimate how difficult that must be. Mm -hmm. Graduating into a new sector is hard enough as it is, and never mind into kind of unforeseen territory. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it sounds like you're being incredibly proactive, Mm -hmm. and that that's, again, very admirable. And from everything you've said about your levels of uh, planning, you'd be an asset to any (laughs) any area of the industry. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Congratulations again, and very best of luck for all that's come. And I can't wait to see what comes from your career. Perhaps as a final question, do you have any bits of advice or anything that you would advise for the next the next era, the next class? Well, I'll start from my era. We handed in through a pandemic, so we're stronger than what we believe in and we can do it. I mean, come on, we handed in through pandemic. We had all that stress and now we're looking for jobs. So we know what it's like not to have a job. So we're stronger than what we believe. And if we do want something, we can get it. Um, for the next generation, I, Lord forbid another wave comes. Just believe in what you do. Learn as much as you can. That's what I always believed in. I always like learning from each and every person that I come across. It could be a normal person on the bus. It could be one of your teachers, your technicians. Don't underestimate what other people can teach you and always be open to it because I think the exchange of knowledge is so much more valuable than money in itself. Wow, I want to write that down. The exchange of knowledge. Exactly. That's so motivational. I feel like I've been inspired by and learned a lot from you and, and from your uh yeah, from your energy and your determination, but also Thank your vision you. and your practice. It's really, really admirable. And I'm sure everyone listening will do the same. So thank you so much for your time. No, and your thank you for having me. And congratulations once again to you and to the LCF class of 2020. And thank you all for listening. (laughs) Thank you.